morning church. It's good to communicate to you through video. And I trust this morning's message will be a tremendous blessing to each one of you all. The title of my message this morning is One Enemy, Two Ways of Responding, But Only One Outcome. When we look at what's happening around us, there is no answer as to this pandemic and the reason why it has so viciously attacked people around the world. But there is one thing we know, that this virus is an unseen enemy and it is an enemy that is killing, that is destroying and stealing from people. On the contrary, the Bible tells us in John chapter 10 verse 10, Jesus came into this world that we might have life and we might have it more abundantly. I want to assure you this morning that God has always promised us victory in the midst of crisis. Jesus said in John chapter 16 verse 33, In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. The Bible is full of testimonies of how God has turned defeat into victory, especially when people look to him in their time of crisis. Let me remind you of a familiar story in 1 Samuel chapter 17, the story of David and Goliath. Goliath was no ordinary man. The Bible says he was a giant approximately 9 feet 6 inches. He wore a full armor for battle and still he felt the need to have a shield bearer to go before him in order to protect him. Goliath did whatever he could do to protect himself. He thought his armor would make him invincible and no one would be able to defeat him. But the Bible tells us in Psalm 127 verse 1, Unless the Lord build the house, they that labor, labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. Goliath was so confident in himself that he would stand on the top of a hill and for 40 days, morning and evening, will challenge the armies of Israel to choose a man to come and fight him. And if they won, then they would be slaves or servants to the people of Israel. In 1 Samuel chapter 17 verse 11, when Saul and all Israel heard the words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Now these were trained men, these were men who were used to battle, but in that moment of war, they fled because they were fearful. You know, when you keep listening to what intimidates you and threatens you, it eventually gets to you and you start becoming fearful. Fear is contagious. Saul was not the only one who was afraid, but the Bible says his whole army was fearful. In 1 Samuel 17, 24, it says, And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, that's Goliath, fled from him and were not just afraid, but were dreadfully afraid. There are two things that we must avoid in every crisis. The first one is, we must avoid being self-confident in our ability 
to fight or protect ourselves from the enemy. And that will prove good. To put this in context, I'd like to say we can wash our hands, we can sanitize the place, we can keep social distancing and, the, and all that is fine. But if the Lord is not watching over us, all what we do is in vain. Our confidence must not be in what we do or don't do. Our confidence must be in the Lord, the God who reigns in the heavens above. Our second biggest enemy is fear. Not the devil, but fear. In 1 Samuel chapter 17 verse 37, this was David's confession when he faced Goliath. The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. This ordinary shepherd boy who was untrained in battle, God gave him victory because his confidence was in God and he reminded himself that the God who helped him to overcome the bear and the lion is the same God who will help him to overcome the Goliath. And I want to say this to you this morning. The God who has been with you over the years, the God who delivered you, the God who saved you, the Lord who healed you and redeemed you is the same God. He is on the throne and he's got your life in his hands. And he is the God that will see you through this time of difficulty. In 1 Samuel chapter 17 verse 45, David said to the Philistine, You come with me, to, you come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Verse 47, then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord, and he will give you into our hands. Wherever faith is, fear is absent. Wherever fear is, faith is absent. So I'd like to summarize this story in the following way. One enemy, two men, two ways of responding, but one outcome. And I'd like to say that again. One enemy, two men, two ways of responding, but one outcome. The one enemy is not the devil, like I said, but it's our own fear. The two men, Saul and David, two ways of responding. In a time of battle, Saul responded to the threats of the enemy out of fear, and he hid and he ran away from the battlefield. David, an ordinary man, responded differently. He responded with courage. He overcame his fear. And when he overcame his fear, God gave him victory over the Goliath. Today, you and I are in a similar situation. Every day, we are bombarded with negative news. How are we responding to what we hear? This virus is our Goliath. These times are challenging times. How you respond will matter our defeat or our victory. Are you going to be like Saul who gave into fear and hide? Or are we going to be like David who said, Let no man's heart fail because of this. The Lord who gave us victory in the past 
is the Lord who will do it again. When God told Moses to send out the spies, the 12 spies to the promised land, the Bible says that 10 of them came back with a bad report and the whole congregation believed them. But it was the two, Joshua and Caleb, it says in Numbers chapter 14 verse 9, said, do not fear the people of the land for they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them and but the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. And this is the message I want to leave with each and every one of us. The Bible says, greater is he that's in you than he that's in this world. At this time, we need to keep our eyes focused on the Lord, who he is and what he could do. We need to even understand that the one who is living on the inside of us is far greater than any virus. The one living on the inside of us is God Almighty, His Holy Spirit. He will strengthen you and we must focus on who we are in God. And I want you to be courageous. That is the message that the Bible gives us constantly. In fact, 365 times in the Bible, you will hear this phrase, fear not and be of good courage. And I trust that this 365 times written and rewritten in the Bible is to remind us every day to be people of faith and people of courage. We have heard right from our Sunday school days. We have heard and even probably seen documentaries and movies on stories like David, Goliath, and all of these wonderful heroes in the Bible. But today is our day and our time. It's not what they did and how they responded. God is calling us to be the David, the Joshua's and the Caleb's in our time. And we should rise up in this generation, bringing from our hearts the message of hope, bringing hope to those who are feeling hopeless and discouraged. This is the time the church must shine. The church is you and I. We have a message for the world and that message that is God is still on the throne. Victory is our portion. The Bible says we are more than conquerors in all of these trying times. And so church, not only you stand like a David, not only you stand like a Joshua and a Caleb, but I want you to be ones who will be people of courage in your homes, in your neighborhood. Your family is looking up to you. What is the message you're sending to them? Your family and friends are looking up to you. What message will you send to them? If there are people who are fearful, reach out to them in courage. Tell them there is a living God. Tell them that we have a hope beyond this crisis and that hope is in the living Lord Jesus Christ. Today, if you're watching me and you're listening to this message and if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, you never know what it is to live in victory. All your life you're controlled by fear. You're controlled by a doubt and, and depression. Well, today you, you can have a wonderful opportunity. It's not rocket science. It is God who loves you. It is Jesus who came into this world. He gave his life for you. So that you can be joined and united with God. You can be at peace with God. God can be your protector. 
He can forgive your sins. He has forgiven your sins through his son Jesus Christ. All you've got to do is believe. Believe that Jesus came into this world. Believe that Jesus died on the cross for you. Believe that he stood as your representative so that you can have your sins forgiven and that through Jesus Christ you can have a wonderful relationship with the living Lord God Almighty. If you've never made this prayer, you can make this prayer by just asking Jesus and believing in your heart that Jesus has forgiven you of your sins. Talk to him. Repent from your sins. Turn from the ways that you've been walking to. He will listen to you and Jesus will be your mediator. God is reaching out to you at this time. Don't lose the opportunity. You don't have to live in fear, but you can live in faith and in courage knowing that God is with you. I'd like to leave you with this last statement. And this is one of my favorite statements. It's not about you holding on to God. It is God who's holding on to you. In the book of Deuteronomy, God has given us a standard procedure to follow whenever we prepare for battle. Come read with me from Deuteronomy chapter 20 verse 1. When you go out to battle against your enemies and see horses and chariots and people more numerous than you, do not be afraid of them. So the instruction is very simple. We will always have an enemy that is bigger than us, mighty, mightier than us. For some of you, your enemy is your job or your battle is your job. It could be your health. It could be your finances. But whatever your battle is, the Bible says, do not be afraid of them. Why? Because the Lord your God is with you. The God who brought you up from the land of Egypt is what the Bible says. Now, having followed that instruction, the Bible goes on to give us further instruction in verse 2. When you are on the verge of battle, that means just before you get into battle, that the priest shall approach and speak to the people, saying in verse 3, Hear, O Israel, today you are on the verge of battle with your enemies. Do not let your heart faint. Do not be afraid. And do not tremble or be terrified because of them. Now in verse 3, there are three stages of fear. The first one is being faint-hearted. The second is being afraid. And the third level is being terrified. I like to put a percentage to these degrees of fear. For example, faint-hearted is being 10% fearful or timid. Being afraid is 50% fearful, probably bordering on the lines of anxiety. And terrified is 100% being fearful that you're actually trembling. Now the reason why the Bible says do not be fearful is because in verse 1, the Bible says the Lord your God is he who goes with you, he goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. And that looks like always God's stand of in the way he protects his people. In verse 8, 
the bible goes on to say that the officer shall speak further to the people and say what man is there who is fearful and faint hearted after giving these instructions there will be an officer who will ask the people who is there among you who is fearful and faint hearted because if there is anyone who is fearful and faint hearted let them go and return to his house lest the heart of his brethren faint like his heart that means even if there's 10% of fear in your heart you disqualify yourself from battle you already taken a position of defeat and that's why the bible is saying that those who are faint hearted go home because not only you will lose the battle you will pass on the fear to the others if you and i are going to be people of faith and courage then we must learn to face our circumstances with faith and not fear i'm going to say that again if you and i are going to be people of faith and courage then we must learn to face our circumstances no matter what it is with faith and not fear hebrews chapter 10 verse 23 tells us what we need to do in order to grow in our faith and confidence in jesus verse 23 says let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for god who promised is faithful now there's a difference between hope and faith hope is in our mind and it is important that we always remain hopeful in our times of crisis or even at other times confession is in our mouth regarding what we speak without wavering without wavering why because god knows that he is 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 faithful to keep what he promised so what are you confessing is it hope or is it fear do you recognize that god is still faithful and still on the throne then your confession will be one of faith when you start confessing what you hope without wavering we will grow in faith faith has that inner confidence that looks beyond what we see and what we hear in the natural romans 4:22 21 says faith is being fully convinced that what god had promised he will also be able to perform I would like you to say this with me in your homes first you hear me and then you can repeat it after me hope is in the mind confession is with the mouth and faith is in our heart i'm going to say that again hope is in our mind confession is with our mouth and faith is in our heart now when faith hope and confession come together you will see victory in your situation and i want to i want that statement to resonate in your heart when faith hope and confession come together you will see victory in your situation in the times of battle like david joshua and caleb they demonstrated great strength and courage because they had faith 
hope and confession in God without wavering and God gave them victory. And we could have the similar victory in our lives if we learn to get hope, confession and faith. That's the order. It starts off with hope. We confess hope without, without wavering and that builds faith in our hearts. Today, whatever you are facing in your life, you can apply these three simple steps. Begin to grow in faith. Begin to look at your circumstances from a faith point of view, from God's point of view, rather than looking at it from fear. Come, let me pray with you and you in your homes, wherever you are listening. I'd like you to bow your heads as I pray, trusting God that God will meet you at the point of your need. Father, we thank you for this amazing privilege. The God of this universe has given us access for us to approach you through Jesus Christ. And I pray for each one, everyone in our church, every believer that's there, every person that's in our families, Lord, that their eyes will be fixed on you. And I pray, Lord, that even as we look to you, that we will have a revelation in our hearts of the magnitude of who you are and what you've done. We will look back at the times you've intervened and we will take courage. We will not be messengers of doom, but we will be messengers of hope. And I pray that your safety will be upon your people, that your blessing will be upon them, that none in our congregation will suffer lack, that none will go into a place of hopelessness. But Lord, in this moment of crisis, may they see a display of your strength. May they see supernatural things happen in their lives, Lord. Your word says they that trust in you will never be put to shame. And I pray that even as we trust in you, none of us will be put to shame. And I pray that many will come to know you as Savior this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you and may you have a good week. Take care.